It's July 11th, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, FedEx announces new strategy based on revenue quality, mirroring UPS's approach. Instacart and Walmart Canada launch virtual convenience store. TikTok cancels its e-commerce plans in the U.S. after terrible results in a U.K. test. Shopify launches additions and invests in content management system Sanity. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, FedEx announces new strategy based on revenue quality, mirroring UPS's approach. Last week, FedEx earnings release was highlighted by new CEO Raj Supermanium, indicating that revenue quality would be number one focus of the firm. This after the last few years has seen a decline in FedEx's competitive position relative to its peers, particularly UPS and Amazon. In particular, the company reported that Express, Ground, and Freight are all off last year's marks. While I applaud the CEO saying that they do have a clear top priority, it's not 100% clear to me where the company will be investing most of their resources. What I hear from this release is that they will stop wasting quite as much money, particularly on areas that there could be synergies between the ground and express networks, which have always been separate. Separate operating infrastructures means that there's virtually no advantage in these divisions being part of the same company. On the other hand, if these entities can hand off to each other, segment volumes could increase and optimize across both networks as each specialize in what they're good at. As a result, call me skeptical at the moment until a more massive shakeup happens in FedEx leadership. Our second story, Instacart and Walmart Canada launch virtual convenience store. Last week, Instacart announced that it has signed a partnership with Walmart Canada to open a virtual convenience store in the Toronto area powered by Instacart. Up to 4,000 items are being offered and the time frame is reported to be 30 minutes. Despite the fact that this could be considered good news, I think long term Instacart still has a problem here. They have a high concentration of revenue from a few big retailers, and they are teaching these same retail partners about their business model over time. It seems more likely to me that these big retail partners will figure out their own last mile supply chain solutions and not give such a big percentage to someone who wants to ultimately own the customer relationship. The technology used by Instacart is powered by the old Instacart Unata acquisition, which appears to be rebranded as something called Carrot Storefront. Just going to let that sink in there for a moment here. There's a software platform on the market called Carrot Storefront. It really takes quite a bit of guts to name a product after a carrot. Can't you just imagine a little virtual Bugs Buddy moving in there? Perhaps this is meant to draw attention away from the fact that Instacart is supposed to be in a quiet period after they filed their confidential IPO. It remains to be seen if the company will come out the other end of this process or be acquired itself. It definitely is not a great time in history to be going to the public markets if you aren't both growing and profitable, which is not clear if either of them applied to Instacart at the moment. Ironically, this doesn't give me a lot of confidence in the agility of Walmart Canada either. Can you imagine Amazon Canada ever partnering with someone like Instacart to deliver technology solutions? Me neither. Our third story. TikTok cancels e-commerce plans in the U.S. after terrible results in a U.K. test. This one hit my radar last week as well. Social media platform TikTok, which has the most engagement and growth out of all social media platforms out there right now and is running rings around Facebook, has been trying to determine if it could introduce this to the U.S. 
According to published reports, to determine whether or not to scale the concept in the West, its parent company ByteDance tasked a UK-based team to build a live stream e-commerce offering into the app. Well, the project was plagued with problems and the consumer results were not interesting enough to continue investing in. Let me explain the reason that in general this could be happening. First, what's the average engagement time on a TikTok for a user on a single video? About three seconds, sometimes less. Have you ever seen the average teenager thumb scrolling TikTok? Livestream e-commerce doesn't even have a chance. Second, what's the purpose of TikTok? Being entertained and informed. As a rule, you don't go to the site with commerce intent. Anyone who has tried to run an e-commerce brand knows that the source of the traffic to the website often matters much more than the landing page. If the people who find your site are not looking for what you're selling, then they're just going to bounce. Third, news has leaked that the team in the UK tasked with this initiative is apparently not treated very well. I don't have any special information here, but it's hard to imagine how an unmotivated team can produce a great result. So I'm sure this didn't help. However, in the words of Mark Andreessen, if there is a market for what you're doing, it will often pull a product out of even a mediocre team if they're persistent. Right now, I can only assume even a great team would not have been able to produce much better results. While this may not put the nail in the coffin yet for what people call social commerce, it does pretty much put together the end of an idea that a social media platform ever has the potential to disrupt major e-commerce platforms in the aggregate. Brands and creators who have an insane following with extremely limited time offers can make social commerce work. What about everyone else? Probably better to spend your time elsewhere. And our last story. Shopify launches additions and invests in content management system Sanity. Shopify recently released its summer 22 edition, adding more than 100 features, including NFTs, Twitter shopping, and tap to pay on iPhone. In a company that already tends to be pretty good at PR, just started a new semi-annual editions series to highlight all of its recent features developments. The biggest callouts I'll have for the merchants are as follows. With the launch of this, Shopify is definitely signaling that B2B is much more important company priority. Twitter is launched as a sales channel, and NFT-gated e-commerce is also mentioned here. Finally, the ability to build and host back-end code on Shopify's infrastructure or what they call functions. My take on these changes? You know, initially I almost ignored these changes because many I had heard announced in the past just not bundled in a release. But there's definitely new information here. Twitter and NFTs I couldn't be more down on as a real e-commerce opportunity at the moment. Twitter is full of bots and TikTok just shut down its e-commerce experience and NFTs are really only for the true pioneers at the moment. Overall, if I had to pick a theme, there are many merchants, including business-to-business merchants who could benefit from Shopify opening up the kimono in their checkout and payment processes. Shopify functions is kind of a serverless way to enable this without introducing another infrastructure dependency. Another bit of Shopify news I uncovered was their investment in a developer-focused headless e-commerce management system, Sanity. The deal is noteworthy for a few reasons. First, Shopify continues to invest in its ecosystem providers. My network is completely divided over whether this is a good idea. I tend to think that the result is net positive enough that they should keep doing it. But others in my network think that picking winners in what's supposed to be an open ecosystem is much more harmful than not. In any event, both sides agree that the behavior hasn't hurt Shopify to date in any real way. Second, are you kidding me? Another headless content management system? How many of these players can the market actually support? Third, Sanity's technology approach is interesting because they implement it on top of Shopify's headless hydrogen and oxygen stack. It'll be interesting to see how merchants feel about this approach. 
On one hand, if you're already investing in Shopify, by adding this, you're not adding a new point of failure to your e-commerce stack. On the other hand, if you ever want to switch platforms in the future, this definitely creates some additional Shopify lock-in, which I guess is kind of what Shopify is hoping for. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. There are five items on the menu today. First, Walmart has acquired Memani, an AR startup powering virtual try-on for eyewear. No acquisition price was announced, but optical services are a huge need in Walmart's pharmacy plans. Second, trucking company Schneider invests in chemical supply marketplace ChemDirect. Schneider National Inc. provides transportation and logistics services. Its minority stake in ChemDirect includes an agreement that will make Schneider a transportation and logistics provider for the startup, in addition to what is estimated to be a $5 to $10 million stake in the company as part of its Series A. Third, Amazon price optimization platform Prophecy raises a $2.3 million seed round. Despite the fact that repricing products on Amazon is not a new phenomenon, there are so many sellers there out there mispricing their products on a daily basis that I see this as a huge market potential. Congrats to my friend Chad Rubin on this news. Fourth, Klarna is set to raise fresh cash at a slash $6.5 billion valuation. This valuation will be over an 80% discount to its previous $45 billion valuation. It's tough times now in the buy now, pay later space, folks. And finally, Klarna rival Zilch extends Series C to support growth in the U.S. This company raised an additional $50 million, but first of all, who comes up with the name Zilch? Second, it's not 100% clear to me how much of this extension is debt versus equity. In this environment, taking on a lot of new debt could get expensive very quickly. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Garrett Tiedemann is our producer. Alex Brower wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.